millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to 15 Days of Festive Fear, day number 12. And I have three spooky stories for you today. And the last story comes from the 12th of September, 2023. And story number one comes from Shannon. I'm a 51-year-old single woman living in a haunted house in Columbus, Ohio. My story isn't as scary as many of the stories you read, but I still think it's a good one. And it's mine. I moved into my house in February 2020, just weeks before the world shut down. Subsequently, I had to work from home for more than a year and still do often. As a result, I've grown more familiar with this house than most I've lived in. The experiences started pretty much immediately. It always sounded like someone walking upstairs, like pacing the floor right above my head, down the hall and into the guest bedroom and then back down the hall and stopping just at the top of the stairs. The footsteps were so clear I expected someone to come running down the stairs at any minute. That was the extent of it for several months, just footsteps upstairs when I was on the first floor. Around this time I learned that a very significant figure in my life betrayed me in the worst way and moved out. From there things began to escalate. Henry started to act weird. Henry is my most fantastic and handsome pit bull. Despite his size, 80 pounds, Henry is what you might call sensitive. Full disclosure, Henry is scared of many things, thunderstorms, heavy winds, etc. However, for the most part, he finds comfort in my beautiful historic home near downtown Columbus. Like most homes in the area, mine was built in the 1800s. So back to Henry. He began seeing things that I couldn't. He would stare into a seemingly empty corner of the ceiling, then across the ceiling like something was floating above us. In my room, he would stare at the door and shake, stare into the closet and shake, and the worst, he would follow something into the room along the wall and right next to the bed where I sat. Like he watched something come into the room, walk up to the bed and stand right next to me. I would attempt to set limits. I'm a clinical social worker and so very adept at setting appropriate boundaries. I would say things like, regardless of your intention, you are not welcome here because you're scaring my dog. I try to be just matter of fact, not shitty, as I've been told that's not helpful. These activities continued on a regular basis. Then my television began coming on in my bedroom in the middle of the night, or podcasts would begin playing from my phone on the bedside table. Podcasts I don't listen to. The interesting thing about that is that I only listen to ghost, paranormal or true crime podcasts. My paranormal visitor played Glennon fucking Doyle. To each their own, but Glennon is not my cup of tea. I digress. I then began to notice lights flickering, but only in the room I was standing in. 
I would move into another room and the flickering would follow me. I think I was able to remain comfortable in the house because I'd never seen anything like a shadow figure or heard voices. There were certainly times when I felt scared, but I never felt in danger. Things escalated a bit when the entity, or one of the entities, sat down on my bed in the middle of the night. I sat up immediately. Henry, who had been on the floor, lost it. He was growling and barking and running to me and then to the door. He got me downstairs into the kitchen and then he hid behind the kitchen island, peeking around the corner like something was chasing us. At that point, I reached out to a paranormal team about my experiences. In October 2022, six members of the team came to the house for an investigation. Although they typically ask that homeowners remove pets during investigations if possible, they wanted Henry present, since the activity was clearly affecting him so significantly. Just as I've seen a million times on ghost hunting shows, they came with EVP recorders, thermal cameras, a spirit box, a REM pod, EMF detectors, flashlights, two of the members were mediums. I was fucking geeking out. I couldn't believe what I've loved watching on television for years was happening in my very own home. The investigation went on for several hours. I'll hit some of the highlights as sharing every detail would take ages. The mediums wanted to go upstairs immediately and the team followed. Henry and I stayed downstairs as I didn't want to be in the way. They were doing the flashlight test and getting responses from a spirit who said he was a man who used to live in the house. A spirit confirmed that they knew who I was. They began doing the Estes method. My rudimentary understanding of that is someone listening to a spirit box through headphones while blindfolded. People ask questions and the person attached to the spirit box repeats what they hear. Henry and I joined them around this time as he was beginning to have a strong reaction to something, shaking and staring at the ceiling. When we got to the top of the stairs, the team member on the spirit box whistled like one might if they were calling for a dog and then said, Here boy. Henry ran right to him and stood for a while. When he returned to me in the hallway, the same team member said, Lay down boy which Henry promptly did. They asked if the spirit had sat down on the bed with me and got the response, sometimes. They got a video of an orb flying out of my closet. I could go on, there was a lot. The conclusion from all of the instruments and mediums was that there appeared to be two men that stayed on the second floor. An older man who had lived there and a younger man who had never lived there but may have been killed nearby. One of the mediums was being told that there was a weapon buried in my yard or a violent crime had occurred that involved a weapon, something of that nature. They also received messages that one or more entities felt protective of me and the name of the aforementioned person was spoken through the spirit box numerous times. A few days after the investigation, I was having my tarot cards read by a medium through a Zoom call. She began to ask about my house. How long have you lived there? Are you having problems in the house? When was your house built? Etc. One thing led to another and a couple of hours later, per her request during the reading, that medium was at my house. She appeared to be a bit more experienced than the previous. I only say that because immediately she began providing details without knowing anything the previous group had shared. According to her, there were two male spirits on my second floor. One was an older man who had owned the home decades ago and was still very attached to the house. The other was a younger man who was shot and killed in my backyard. 
She explained that he stayed in my bedroom closet, the same closet where the team caught the orb. She also shared that he sometimes sits on my bed. I hadn't shared anything about that experience with her. She explained that the older man liked Henry, the younger man not so much, but she didn't feel that he scared Henry intentionally. She offered to return and cleanse the house, but only after I heard back from the paranormal team and got their recommendations. To wrap things up, I'll talk briefly about the cleansing. This was the recommendation from the team. One of the original mediums and another member of the team returned. The medium sprayed something. I want to say charcoal water, but I could be wrong about that. I'm guessing many of your listeners will know. She sprayed it in every corner, starting with the basement. Then she saged every nook and cranny. Finally, she used a singing bowl, starting in the same corner in the basement and ending in my bedroom. At this point, she focused on each spirit individually, asking for assistance from specific angels to help them move on. The older man needed more encouragement because he was so attached to the house. The younger man left very quickly, and according to the medium, his mother made an appearance as she had been waiting for him. I initiated the investigation because I wanted to know who the spirits were and why they were here. I initiated the cleansing because I hate to think that they were stuck. It was important to me that they knew this and knew that they were welcome to return if they chose to. Since the cleansing, there has been no activity whatsoever. And although it saddens me occasionally, Henry has zero complaints. I would love to know how many people had a similar experience to you, Shannon, in that they suddenly during the pandemic started working from home. Having not worked from home before and generally... People who work, you know, nine to five jobs or, you know, people who work outside of the home spend a very limited amount of time at home, really. And then the majority of that time you're asleep. So suddenly you're in the house all day going, did those footsteps always happen above my head? Is that something, is that the house settling or is that something else? Or am I just not used to the sounds of the house, etc.? And I would love to know how many people suddenly went, oh shit, I think my house might be haunted. And obviously, Shannon, you went through a very emotional time, right? So something awful happened in the house. It was unexpected and that person ended up leaving the house. And I wonder if that emotional upheaval, because clearly that would have been a very emotional time for you, contributed to the energy of the haunting, that it got worse because you were more emotional, like almost like akin to poltergeists being attached to teenagers or burgeoning teenagers because of the emotional upheaval and the energy that is emitted during puberty. I wonder if it was that kind of vibe too. And I feel glad for you that you had a kind of metric in the form of Henry who could confirm that, no, no, you are right to be freaked out because I'm freaked out. And if I'm freaked out, you should be freaked out. As you guys know, I'm not a massive fan of paranormal investigators who use all of the gizmos and gadgets. But I do think that the Estes method evidence is interesting in this instance. So I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain the Estes method. So if you imagine you've got one person who is blindfolded and they've got headphones on, so all they can hear is kind of white noise static in their ear and every so often a voice will come through. So they cannot hear or see anything that is happening in the room. That's the idea. And then somebody in the room will ask questions and the answers should come through on the headphones. So I think it's to give like another layer of authenticity that the person who is repeating what they can hear on the headphones 
is not hearing the questions being asked. So the implication is that the intelligent responses are coming from whatever is in the ether, whatever entity or spirit is in the room through those headphones. And I do think it is interesting that when Shannon and Henry went up the stairs, the person who was blindfolded and had the headphones in responded to Henry coming up the stairs saying, here boy, whistling like they were calling a dog, telling Henry to lay down and Henry obviously promptly doing it because he's the best boy. That person should not have been aware that Shannon and Henry came up the stairs. So that bit of evidence to me is pretty interesting. And then I do think there is another layer of legitimacy in that two separate mediums. I know they had two mediums in the paranormal team and then another medium via Zoom who then probably came to the house. That seems to be another layer of validity that they picked up on the same energies and had the same ideas about what had happened. And I'm glad that they then were able to say, look, we think the house needs to be cleansed and we're able to offer that. Because I do worry that a lot of these paranormal investigative teams, they go to a house and they go, yeah, it's really haunted. See you later. And they don't actually offer any solutions for people. And I'm glad for your sake, Shannon, that you don't have nocturnal visitors come and sitting at the end of your bed, footsteps, etc. And I'm also glad for Henry because he's probably thinking, thank Christ that that's over. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And story number two comes from Emily. I've had many experiences throughout my lifetime, ever since I was a little kid. But I just finished listening to one of your listeners' stories about serendipitous experiences, so I thought I would share mine with you. I grew up in southern Ontario, Canada, through the 80s. I spent as much time as I could at my grandparents' house, since my aunt, my uncle, and two older cousins lived down the street. We lived in a neighbouring town. My grandparents and great-grandmother lived in this beautiful old house, in which my granddad had built a small bar area to be reminiscent of his life in the UK. It was tight and squishy and dark and was very pub-like. Just outside of this pub, my granddad had an old slot machine that used to take 2p coins, but he converted it to take Canadian dimes. It was always a big deal for my siblings, my cousins and I to play with this machine, We never kept the money if we ever won, but it was just lots of fun for us. My granddad was the first building inspector of the town that he lived in when the town incorporated back in the 1960s. As such, he was fairly well known in town and used to have an air of importance around him. He would walk around jingling coins in his pocket and put out the dimes when I was there for us to play in the machine. 
My grandfather passed in 2017 and I think of him almost every day. The serendipitous part is that randomly, I'll find dimes. In the couch cushions, where nowadays it's so uncommon to have cash, let alone change in your pocket. In a jacket pocket, on the street, on the train, at the soccer pitch, everywhere. And I always seem to find one when I'm having difficulty making a decision about something. Or when I should just slow down a bit. Inevitably, when I find a dime, I instantly think of my granddad. And somehow, the thing I've been troubling over is no longer troubling. I have an answer that's as clear as day. Oh, Emily, that's so lovely. And how lovely for you guys growing up that you got to spend all that time with your grandparents and have that lovely memory of him, like, giving you dimes so you could use the slot machine and have fun with your cousins. It's just really sweet and lovely. And I'm glad he's there to help you make those decisions. Like, it's so lovely to have a tangible something like a dime is a very definite physical thing that when things are difficult when you're trying to make a decision you can come across one randomly they appear randomly and you go okay this is going to be okay this is from my granddad and this is no longer going to trouble me and that is very beautiful and story number three comes from deborah a year ago i received a very serious health diagnosis that landed me in hospital for a couple of weeks. It became routine during my stay that after the nurses checked on me and things settled down at night, a shadow entity would come into my room. I was not able to see the room's entry door directly from my bed because from my vantage point, the door was behind a recess. As the shadow person came in, I would receive an auditory lightsaber type whoosh inside my brain and the entity would appear as if it came through the door. It didn't come close to the bed, just entered and stayed put where it could see me. It was a grey shadow resembling television static with no distinct facial features except indentations for eyes and a bump for a nose. I know that many people would be frightened at this and there was a time I would have been terrified as well. But at that point I was honestly too sick to care. I would just think for fuck's sake and either go back to what I was doing on my tablet or roll over and ignore it and go to sleep. I sensed it was pretty harmless, and I just didn't want to feed it any of my sparse energy. A few weeks after I got out of the hospital, electronics in my home started going wonky. At first, the doggy doorbell rang on its own. This is a device that, in theory, the dog can press to make a chime to let us know that he wants to be let in or out. Turns out our dog wants nothing to do with it, so it sits glued to the patio door unused. The first time the doggy doorbell chimed, I was sitting in eyesight of the bell by myself in the room. There was nothing around the bell, and no one else in the room. The next electronic to go haywire was my cell phone. Sitting on the kitchen counter with no one around, Pandora would open on my cell phone and start playing music. Then the garage door would randomly open with no one to trigger the switch. The front doorbell rang with no one present. These things didn't happen all the time, just randomly. I was really sick, and there was a strong possibility during those days that my expiration date was very near. I wondered if the electronics activated indicated departed family members were coming to collect me when my time came. However, I wasn't getting a feeling that it was anyone that I knew. Instead, it felt like someone or something there enjoyed causing chaos. I would just say, look, this isn't funny, stop it. And things would simmer down for a couple of days. As soon as my health improved, though, 
I went through the house burning sage and directed the prankster energies to go away. Smudging the house took care of the wayward electronics randomly going off. A few months after the smudging, I had an opportunity to get a brief psychic reading from some medium friends that I trust. I asked, what or who was messing with my electronics back in April? The psychic said, when you were in hospital, there were low-level energies attracted to you. Two of them decided to come home with you. There was a third who also considered coming, but decided that it was best to stay put. I had not told anyone about my shadow people visitations in the hospital, so this answer really resonated with me. Deborah, it must have been so terrifying to be in the hospital, being so ill. That must take up all the space in your brain. And I totally understand that when you would see this shadow person in the evening that would come into your room, you'd just be like, oh, I just can't. I can't do this. Now is not the time for your skulking around bullshit. Just leave me alone. And I wonder if it is something about vulnerability, like... Your own energy must have been totally off kilter because you're obviously exhausted, unwell, probably feeling quite frightened, quite low, just didn't have the energy for anything. And then this shadow figure is like, ha ha ha, the perfect opportunity. And you're just like, absolutely fucking not. I'm glad, though, that you were able to cleanse your house effectively and that it only got as far as electronics going off randomly. I know that at the time that was probably really frightening. And you probably felt like, oh my God, I don't understand what's happening. It isn't funny. Stop it. Give it a rest. You might enjoy the chaos, but I have been through enough. All right. And again, you get that validation from a medium, which I think for a lot of people is probably a very powerful thing. Lots of people who write into this podcast are so brave and it always blows my mind. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Shannon, Emily and Deborah for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from the 12th of September 2023. And if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to Podcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra content, you can subscribe to the Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 